Hello, my name is Maggie Taggart and I've been a senior broadcast journalist for over 40 years, mostly with the BBC in Northern Ireland. For this series of podcasts on making equality a priority, I have linked up with the Equality Commission to highlight the need for reform of Northern Ireland's equality laws. Today we're talking about age discrimination. In Northern Ireland, we currently have protection against age discrimination in employment and in further and higher education and voluntary training. But there are no such protections in relation to age discrimination in the provision of goods, facilities and services. In Great Britain, protection against age discrimination exists in all these areas. My guest is Dee Masters, a London-based barrister who's very familiar with the law in protecting against age discrimination in Great Britain, and we'll be discussing why Northern Ireland needs age discrimination laws extended to include goods, facilities and services. Dee, the first question I want to ask you is, going back in history really to when England, Scotland and Wales got ahead of Northern Ireland in consolidating those discrimination laws, um, what was the catalyst for that? The catalyst was a recognition that if you're going to prohibit age discrimination in the context of employment, it doesn't make any sense at all not to also ban age discrimination when it comes to goods, facilities and services. Why could it possibly be right that older people, younger people could be treated differently in the workplace and yet walk into a restaurant and they could be subject to different treatment? So that was that was the first catalyst. It was a consistency argument. But secondly, there was a lot of research recognising that people had very poor experiences linked to age, in particular in settings like healthcare, financial services, retail. Can you maybe give us a few examples of the sort of cases that were coming up that, that people were very shocked that they couldn't actually take it any further in law? Financial services is probably the best way to illustrate that. Lots of people will either have had their own experiences or will know of friends and family who have really struggled to get hold of properly priced financial products because of their age. So, for example, there was lots of anecdotal evidence that older people were struggling to go on holidays in an affordable way because travel insurance was extortionate. The small differences in age were really impacting both the availability of products, but also the premiums. So there was a recognition that something really needed to change, that there needed to be a, a proper debate about equality, not just in the employment sector, but in the broader context of goods, facilities and services. Was there a lot of consultation with the people and those businesses and services that would have been affected by that change to see how they felt? And, and was there much resistance? There was lots of consultation. There was resistance. The financial services sector in particular were concerned about a prohibition on age discrimination. You can imagine the reasons for that. Lots of financial products traditionally have looked at age as a risk factor. And some of that's very sensible. No one would argue against the principle that the availability of a mortgage might be different if you're 95 versus if you're 45. So those concerns about people not being able to make sensible business decisions really came into play. And what you'll see in GB is there's actually a rather large exception when it comes to financial services. And I know that when this has been debated in Northern Ireland before, there's been consideration to having a, a similar exception in that area. So in Great Britain, is the situation in the financial services acceptable? I don't think it is acceptable. And the reason I say that is that whilst there is a prohibition on age discrimination, a 
across all sectors, including financial services, there is a carve out for the financial services sector. And what that means is that if you have any type of business who's providing a financial service and they take into account age when they're performing a risk assessment, that's permissible, providing the information they're looking at is relevant and the source of that information is reasonable. That's an exception that only applies in the context of financial services. So it's very much special treatment for that particular industry. That seems quite dramatic. So so what has improved in the area of the financial services? It's very difficult to judge. It's such a wide exception. And clearly it will have a very chilling effect on people who want to challenge decisions that are made about them, whether it comes to travel insurance or mortgages or loans. It's difficult to really see how people can meaningfully challenge decisions where there's such a wide exception in place. There seem to be a lot of exceptions. Are there exceptions, for instance, in the medical field? No, not generally. And I just want to qualify that. So what's really interesting about age discrimination is that it's different to other types of discrimination. It is never acceptable to treat a woman differently to a man. It is never acceptable to treat people differently according to their race. But when it comes to age, there's a recognition that there can be legitimate reasons to treat people differently. For example, in a healthcare setting, no one would disagree with the idea that vaccinations should be targeted at vulnerable people and and age might be a proxy for vulnerability, for example. So healthcare, as a general rule, there is a prohibition on age discrimination. But it's not a complete blanket ban in the sense that healthcare organisations can can still show if there's a legitimate reason to treat people differently because of age, they can still act appropriately within that. So take the, the flu, annual flu season. We all know that certain age groups will be encouraged and targeted to have those flu vaccinations. That's because of their particular vulnerability. So treating people more favourably because they're older, because that's in their best interests, that's absolutely permissible in GB. That is not considered to be age discrimination at all. But what would be unacceptable would be to treat people as numbers rather than looking at their specific needs. So what you couldn't do is write someone off just because they're 70 plus and you think that it's not in their interest to have a better hip, for example. You have to make decisions about the individual rather than just looking at their age. In some cases, I suppose, people would view getting a bit older as beneficial because there are lots of concessions for getting into the cinema, for going to the swimming pool. So that's still uh, appropriate, is it? Yes. So again, age discrimination is is a much more nuanced area. And there's a recognition that age might be a proxy for uh, finances. So there's never been any suggestion, and certainly in in GB there isn't, that you couldn't have age-based concessions. So you can have reduced rates going to swimming pools, you can have reduced rates going into museums, because there's a recognition that when people get to retirement and they're dependent on their pension, they'll have different financial needs from someone who's, say, in their 30s or 40s. When the plans were made for the legislation in Great Britain, Was there a flurry of activity from the service providers or did they just simply wait and see what would happen and what they would need to do afterwards? Those sectors that knew this was going to be important to them 
absolutely engaged with it. And the NHS is a really powerful example of that. So in the months leading up to the prohibition in GB, the Department of Health really engaged with NHS organisations, really explained what the prohibition on age discrimination would mean for them. And all sorts of very practical, useful guidance was produced to really make sure that decisions were made in a way that was going to be compliant with the principle of equality going forward. And have there been many cases taken? There has not been an avalanche of cases at all in GB. I think there are probably a number of reasons for that. The first reason is because organisations like the NHS got their houses in order before the prohibition bit. They made sure that they mainstreamed these notions of equality and no doubt that prevented there being breaches going forward and accordingly there was less litigation. I think the second reason is that GB legislation isn't perfect. As I've already said, we have a very large exception in respect to financial services. That's unfortunate because that is an area where we know that discrimination takes place. So no doubt that's had a a chilling effect on people's ability or inclination to litigate. I think thirdly, the prohibition on age discrimination in GB didn't receive very much media attention. I suspect there are lots of people that don't even know that there's this right not to be discriminated against outside of an employment context. But one of my big predictions going forward is that I think we'll see much more litigation in this space. And I say that because we know that the pandemic has led to this move, businesses going online, having to book tickets online, only be able to access your shopping online. And I think there's a real age discrimination angle there because there's an awful lot of research that shows that in particular people over 70, 75, really suffer from digital exclusion and often really struggle to use services if they can only interact with a computer or machine in order to access them. Now, it's been over 10 years since the Act was introduced in in England, Scotland and Wales. Looking back now, are there any lessons that you want to pass on to Northern Ireland as it's possibly, potentially, hopefully preparing for the similar Act here? Be ambitious. Don't be afraid to have a really meaty prohibition on age discrimination. And I say that for two reasons. Here in GB, the prohibition on age discrimination only applies once you hit 18. The proposals that were being looked at in Northern Ireland had a similar restriction, albeit the prohibition would kick in once people reach 16. And there isn't really any justification for that. 14-year-olds can be discriminated against in the same way that 17-year-olds or 21-year-olds or 25-year-olds can be discriminated against. Certainly no one would think it was acceptable to only prohibit race discrimination for certain races. So why would you do the same for age? So I think that would be my my first learning point, which is be ambitious. And then secondly, think really critically about this financial services exception. It is an area where there is a lot of discrimination and it seems a shame to prohibit age discrimination only in respect of certain sectors and yet not have a really meaningful prohibition in the financial services sector. So are you saying that in the plans that Northern Ireland is making that there should be no lower age limit for people claiming age discrimination? I think whatever age you are, there should be a prohibition on age discrimination, absolutely. And that is not the case in Great Britain. There is an 18. It starts at 18. That's right. That's right. Is it absolutely necessary to have the legislation on age discrimination extended in Northern Ireland or, or could we just motor along quite happily as we've been doing? I think it is essential. 
And the reason I say that is if we, we can imagine all sorts of really unacceptable, crass situations in which people can be treated very poorly, but right now it is lawful. For example, it would be totally acceptable right now in Northern Ireland for a restaurant to insist that its customers who are over 50 had to sit at the back of the restaurant oh because goodness. they wanted to have younger... <laughs> Beside the toilets, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, because they, there was a view that they wanted more glamorous, younger people in the window. That would be completely acceptable. It would be completely acceptable right now for an older woman to walk into a mobile phone shop and to be told, you know, you're going to the back of the queue because you you can't really be interested in buying a mobile phone. You're far too old for that, surely. Equally, it would be completely acceptable right now for a person to walk into a retail bank and to be told, you, know, you can't make decisions about your own finances. You're too old. Come back in tomorrow with your daughter or son. Now, those examples are obviously unacceptable. But right now, they are lawful. And that's why we need a change in the law. There have been anecdotes about queues waiting to get into nightclubs and, and, and people who are a bit old or a bit too dowdy looking being weeded out of the queue. All those stereotypes come to the fore. And that's why the principle of equality is so important. It has a really powerful normative effect. It's a way of saying to society, those negative, damaging stereotypes are not acceptable. And of course, it's not just older people. It's younger people too. So we know right now that if a hotel said anyone under 25 can't stay here because there was some stereotype that people under 25 are feckless or irresponsible or, or loud, right now that will be permitted, even though obviously that's treating people differently on the basis of stereotypes, negative ideas about age. Well, you know in Northern Ireland that the, the, the journey has begun uh, and stalled quite a time ago to, to, to get a single equality act. What would you say to the, the legislators in Northern Ireland? I would say it's time to get your house in order. It's time to have a really consistent approach towards discrimination. It's not acceptable to make distinctions between people according to protected characteristics. And if you're going to prohibit discrimination in the context of the employment relationship, of course, you should be prohibiting it everywhere. But if you don't do that, you're sending out a message that some types of less favourable treatment, some types of stereotyping are acceptable. And we'll end on that note. D Masters, thank you very much for joining us. If you have enjoyed this podcast, you will be able to find more recordings on the topic of reforming Northern Ireland's equality laws. They feature a range of speakers and will be on the Equality Commission's website or wherever you find your favourite podcasts.